0: Welcome to Brazen Education with Educator Barnes, a podcast with a focus on speaking your truth, being transparent to help others, and having no shame about it, because we can't move forward until the truth is known. Hey, it's Educator Barnes here, and the topic for today's podcast is autonomy, give teachers their independence back. Now, yes, this is the week of July 4th. Me personally, I don't celebrate Independence Day. That is what June 19th is for black people. That's our black Independence Day. And if you're listening to this podcast right now, you have no clue what Juneteenth is. You need to go and research that and get informed because not only is that an important date for black people, that's an important date for all people to know. So I'm not going to take time on the podcast to explain that, but please get informed. But since this week is Independence Day, I started thinking about independence in the classroom and how a lot of teachers don't have that anymore. And it's important. Teachers are professionals. We go to school Um, for most of us if we don't do. teach for america or a different program the majority of us are traditionally trained We go to school we get certified we get our licenses we are considered professionals however we don't get treated like other professionals i think about my husband my husband is a senior database administrator um uh, oracle database administrator so that's a type of Uh, Database he works on and if I get too much in the weeds and he ever hears this podcast He's gonna be like you're explaining my job all wrong He says this to me all the time, but I'm going somewhere with this when it comes to my husband's job The one thing that he talks about he said when you do the type of job that I do You have to be able to solve problems without someone telling you what to do and they hired you To do this job because they assume that you are that type of person because they didn't hire you to tell you what to do, because that's the purpose of hiring you. So when my husband has issues with databases and there's a problem, he is fully expected to go solve the problem. It is not the expectation that he goes ask his boss or go ask a colleague or he's waiting to be told like this is how you do it. But when it comes to teaching for some reason, we do the interview process, we check references, we look at the resume, we may even have you teach a sample lesson, we feel like yes, you are qualified, you can be a teacher in this school, and then you get the teacher there and then it's like, oh, and let me tell you how to do this, and let me you tell you how to do that. And I know you have your way of doing things, but scratch all of that, and so now you essentially have this program robot. And I believe that's the reason why some teachers aren't successful. They aren't successful, not because they don't have the talent, not that they they don't know what to do. It's because they're being told what to do and told how to do it. And I feel that's unnecessary, especially if you're going to tell me that I'm a professional. Treat me like a professional. So there's uh, four areas I want to talk about today where I feel like teachers need their independence back. And I'm going to start off at the top with the one that I think a lot of teachers would say, and that's lesson planning. Now, there are education uh, circles and and people debate, like, do teachers need lesson plans? And depending on the day, I'm on both sides of that conversation because I've been a literacy coach where I read through lesson plans, co-plan with teachers. And I've been a teacher that's like, I do not need to write down every single little detail to submit to administration, you know, the administration that's probably not going to sit there and read them anyway. They're just asking me to turn them in for a compliance uh, thing so they can kind of check out the list that, okay, bars turning her lesson plans today. And I, I've been doing this particular content area for a while. I've been doing this particular lesson plan. Now, even if I'm, I'm redoing a lesson plan I've done before, I never do it the same way. But I don't need to rewrite everything out. I can just be like, mm, scratch that. Add this. Change that. That took too long. Get rid of that anticipatory set. That didn't work. Ooh, I need a different exit ticket. Like, I know what to do. I know how to customize. I do not need a script to fill out. And that's what a lot of schools give you. They give you like a script. It's like, you know, uh, you can't even say how you're going to say things like, oh, we, we, we don't say objectives here at this school. We're going to say, um, let's go with um an I can statement Could we really wanna focus on what the students can do. So so you're saying I don't have the independence or freedom to write the word objective on the board. Oh, no, 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 no. We don't do that at this school. We use I can statements. And when I walk around into every single classroom, I expect to see every teacher using I can and then write out what the student is supposed to do. And I know that that sounds real trivial. But these are the type of ways that the independence is stripped away from teachers. You can't even decide what vocabulary word to use to tell students what they're going to learn for the day. It's like really that deep. At the end of the day, if in every classroom whether they're saying objective, whether they're saying I can't statement, if the students know what they're learning and they're learning that, isn't that the point? of being in the classroom isn't that what the teacher is supposed to do does it really matter whether they use the word objective versus i can't statement and so i really 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 think that we need to really have some conversations around how strict do lesson plans need to be now i really agree there there are some components that must happen whether you say i can't statement or objective you got to know what your lesson is about what is the purpose of this lesson when i leave this lesson what am i supposed to learn did you model did students have the time to you know do some guided practice did they have some independent uh time um do you have time to transfer maybe the skills to another setting so these are all the considerations all the things that you need to have so i really have to be some components but do everyone have to does everyone have to turn everything in in the same format do i have to uh oh i need everybody to write uh you know a uh, five uh, sentence paragraph reflection at the end of the lesson plan, and then tell me how you're going to change the next time. Do we need to really do all that? I mean, there comes a time and a place. Maybe the teacher's on an improvement plan. Maybe we're looking for a little bit more information, not to be punitive, not to punish that teacher, but to help that teacher. So when it comes to lesson planning, I think mean, that's one huge area where we need to give independence back and give teachers a freedom to do things because it even comes to the point where sometimes you can't even do something unless you write a paper which is essentially to discourage you from doing it uh, i'll give you an example movies some schools have banned you even showing a movie you can't even justify it anymore so you got to do movie clips and I- i'm with that like i agree that um because i I coached a teacher who was just always showing movies. Now the teacher would deny it, but what was interesting, I actually pulled small groups, and I pulled about a third of the students from that classroom. And they were straight up telling me <laughs> what exactly they were doing. So you can tell me whatever you want. Your students are rating you out. But I also think about when I was in school, and there were times when we, at the end of the year we watched the whole entire movie. And guess what? I, I still learned. It wasn't the most hor- the most. It wasn't the worst thing in the world. So I think there is a time and a place. Were things in lessons, things in units, but we gotta be cognizant of, are we just saying, oh, you can't do it because we just wanna have a blanket rule for the sake of having a blanket rule, or are we gonna trust teachers to be able to make uh, these good decisions? The second area I think teachers need their independence back um, in is professional development. I actually have um, some pieces I'm writing around professional development. They will not be published anytime soon because I'm still working out what I wanna say and what I don't wanna say. But a lot of schools, they are just pro-cookie-cutter professional development. Everyone must have the same professional development, regardless of whether they're proficient or not. And that's simply just a waste of time. And I will tell you, uh, I don't like my time being wasted uh, with professional development. That's not necessary, especially if you hired me knowing I came to you with these qualifications and these skills. Why are you wasting my time sitting through a 101 professional development? Instead, how about you ask me the areas where I want to be professionally developed and how about you let me go out and find some of these professional developments and then how about you let me have a professional development day and actually go attend it? How about you do that? Because then I will feel empowered. I would feel like you trust me as a professional, the professional that I am, and then I'm going out and learning something. If I'm taking the time to research and I want to go to something, I'm sure as heck going to use it back in my lesson place. I'm sure as heck going to use it back in my classroom. And now my lessons are being elevated and students are being more engaged because they can see their teacher is happy about what uh, she or he is teaching about. And so I think principals, administrators really need to think about this. What is the purpose of you having this teacher go to the professional development? Are you having the teacher go so everyone can be compliant to your checklist? Are you having the teacher go because you know for a fact it's going to benefit that teacher and they're going to take that information and use it? Because if I'm sitting through a little one-on-one PD of stuff I'm proficient in, stuff I maybe have a master's degree in, things I taught, or maybe stuff that I've taught at the university level to other pre-service teachers, because that's my reality. I've had to sit through basic one-on-one stuff that I actually teach at the university university level, I'm annoyed. Especially now you got to keep me after school for it. I'm like, hmm, I got other things I could be doing with my time than sitting here listening to something that I teach about. Something that I know. Something that's already embedded into my lessons. So how is this helping me? At least if you're going to have me go to a PD about something I know about, how about you put it on an extra advanced level and go deeper with your content than some surface level stuff. And so when it comes to professional development, I need administrators to really be thinking about how they're building up individual teachers, especially veteran teachers. We get the short end of the stick, hardcore. I just finished up my 13th year in the classroom, and I just feel like veteran teachers are an afterthought. All administrators are focused on, it's like, I need to get all the new people up to par and all the veteran teachers. they just I just need to just be safe rather than sorry and make sure they have all this stuff, too. Was actually doing the work to find out if we have it and if we need it? Did you come in and see a gap in this area? Oh, oh, you're not even coming in, so you wouldn't know. Oh, so so now you're just sending me this stuff just to, just to say when your boss coming? in. Oh, yeah. All my teachers have been trained in this instead of saying, oh, you know, these teachers are doing this. These teachers are doing that. And these teachers are going to this pro- professional development. Because we have professional development days, most school districts give you days where you can apply professional development and go, but a lot of administrators are stingy with going. And I even know teachers that have even offered to pay for the PD because they want it so bad. And administrators like, no. I'm like... Man, a teacher going to take the money out of his or her own pocket to pay for professional development. All they need to do is sign up on the form and you still won't let the teacher go. And so those are the little situations that makes teachers feel like, man, it doesn't even matter. I mean, I think about my husband and his job. He does. Um, He goes off to different professional developments and he gets to look for different things. It's not a situation where it's like, well, we only have a certain checklist. And granted, every profession, there's a budget. um, There's a limit on how many days you can be out. But other professions give more autonomy. The third area, I would say, is classroom management. And uh, so let me start at the, the big level, the school level. I do agree, school-wide, you have to have some uniform policies and procedures. Because if you don't, kids will pick up real quick on who is enforcing those uniform school policies and procedures and who are not. And you don't want a situation where kids are playing that kind of pity mom against dad. Well, (laughs) uh, Miss So-and-so doesn't uh, make me uh, do that. I don't know why you're trying to make me do that, because especially in middle school, Kids will rat you out in a minute, they'll be like, yeah yeah uh, yeah, uh Mr. Smith, he don't make any of his uh his students do that oh uh, he don't he don't count no tardies, but you are here being petty and counting tardies. That's exactly how students I've been called petty so many times over just enforcing uniform school rules. I'm like, well, <laughs> I understand um that you are upset about that, but <laughs> I don't care what's happening around the corner, so and so room, when you come over to Mrs. Barnes room, and that's when the kid does, oh, and they do the side eye, and get their neck going, cause they already know where the speech is going, and then I, and then I my speech, I'm like, I don't even know why you make me even say all this stuff. You know this is what I'm going to say, so it would just be easier on you just to show up on time. So by that time the kid do slept in their seat, slam their book bag down, their binder, and angrily doing the bell work. But I do, but to help teachers like me who are who are essentially rule followers who are going to enforce the the big picture school rules, you need everybody on board. But when you get inside that classroom, each classroom needs to have their own culture, their own uh, classroom management system developed by that teacher because what works for one teacher. And his or her classroom may not work for the teacher next door. And that's why, side note, if you're a coach, one of the things I learned when I started coaching teachers was that you can't just tell a teacher to do what you did in the classroom. won't work for you because maybe I do lesson plans where I sing and I dance during my song, uh, dance during this lesson. Now, straight up, I don't do any of that. Okay, well, I don't dance. But occasionally there may be some singing, but uh, we only we only talk about that. But nonetheless, if I tell another teacher to do that, they may do it and they're uncomfortable. And that may not work for that teacher. So that's why it's super important for teachers to figure out what is going to work in their classroom. So I'll give you an example. When I was coaching, uh, my one of my principals like, well, I want to go to classroom dojo uh, school wide. Now, if you don't know this from things I've written before. I hate classroom dojo. I hate classroom dojo with a strong passion. But because, you know, I was asked to do this, I'm also complaining. So I said, sure, I'll do this. So I created a classroom dojo account. I showed the teachers how to create, I did that so I could show the teachers how to create a class. I pretty much videotaped myself doing it. So I could show the teacher how to create a classroom dojo account, show them all the features on there, show them how it meshed into our school-wide policy and procedures and the expectations that the administrator wanted to be used. Now, fast forward um, to my current job In my current job. I am a librarian. I, I teach a lesson. I help kids check out books and we do some stuff with technology. And I have some teachers like, oh, oh, Shantae, I, I saw that you have a classroom dojo account. I'm like, oh, crap. I didn't delete that thing after I did that PD when I was a literacy coach. And so they're like, yeah, um, I, it would just be great if you connect to our classroom. because I really need you to give points. And and this is what made some teachers upset. I said, I, I don't I said, I understand I have a classroom dojo account that was created for professional development. I was required to lead. However, I do not like classroom dojo and I do not use classroom dojo and I will not be using that in the classroom. And it's like uh and people just get so shocked when you're just that direct. But I I am because I'm not going to lie and pretend like I was going to use it. and I'm not. I said, what happens in the library stays in the library. And, and I felt strongly about that because you have some teachers, they just want to punish kids for the sake of punishing them. And so if someone acted a fool on my watch in the library, but they go back to their class and, they, and they're cool, why do they need to be punished again by their classroom teacher if I already got them in the library? They only get punished twice for the same uh, misbehavior. That don't make any sense, but that's essentially what they wanted. And I said, no. I said, if something is that bad and they have to go to the office, the office will let you know that they're there. I'll let you know they're there. But if you're going to ask me what happened, I'm not giving any explanation. And that's really how I rolled. And even and the kids, they would hate that the teacher came, showed up and we were resolved like in a wrapping up, resolving something. And the teacher walking. I said, this is done. What happens in here stays in here. And you already know how it is. And the kids are just like, oh, but I said and I said, and let me hear. That y'all went back to your classroom I and mean, we still having this conversation we're gonna have a long conversation when we i see you next week and, I was, and then i'm like and, and have a great day <laughs> but that's that's just how i am and for me i um uh, i am big on getting kids to be internally motivated so i don't do stuff like writing kids i don't like to write kids names on the board i don't like to use apps where i'm giving kids dojo points up dojo points down um, I don't bribe kids with food. Um, the kids will tell you, they're like, man, Mrs. Barnfield, you're snacking and eat in front of everybody, but don't give nobody nothing. I said, yeah, I said, I'm grown and you're not. <laughs> I said, when you arrive to being a up, you can choose whether or not you eat a snack at your job. Oh, I said, but you're not grown. So if I feel like eating a granola bar right now, I'm going to eat my granola bar. And that is going to be that. <laughs> and, uh, but I would do things where I would like to celebrate. So when I was teaching middle school at the end of each semester, I would just kind of have, I, I don't want to say it was a party because it wasn't necessarily a party. But I would bring in food, It actually kind of did like a little pitch-in kind of situation. And it wasn't like I was bribing kids at the end of the semester. Hey, we made it through. But throughout the uh, semester, I'm not giving out lollipops. I'm not giving out check marks. I'm not giving out stars. I don't do any of that stuff. But I still have good classroom management because and I only have uh, three uh, guidelines in in my classroom. I tell kids treat each other the way they want to be treated, follow directions the first time they're given and be a risk taker and participate in their education. Those are the three guidelines for my classroom. That's been the guidelines for my classroom. Probably about a good five or six years. That's kind of been been it. And and people are just like, how do you have those three, especially the one where it says be a risk taker and participate? They're like, how is that a rule or a guideline or a central agreement? I said, because I already got mine. I got my education i'm here educating you i'm your guide i'm your facilitator but you need to be an active participant and in my classroom that's an expectation i want and i said it's taking a risk because to be an active participant you're learning you're exploring you may get stuff wrong but i want you to know this is a safe place to get stuff wrong in and so that's why that's one of my rules and i said follow direction the first time they're given That solves a whole bunch of problems in the classroom so i address a whole bunch of stuff then treat people the way you want to be treated I mean, don't call somebody a name if you don't want me calling name back. So those three things cover, you know, who I am as a teacher. But those three uh, things may not work for another teacher. It may be too vague or too open ended. For me, follow directions the first time given counts tardies. At the beginning of the school year, when we over the school handbook, we said get to class on time. That was the first time the direction was given, and you still not following it. So and and the kid would crack up. OK, uh, I have a poster in my room. I print these out every year. Um, uh, and the kids would sign or whatnot. And, I, and I'll be real. I'll even do an activity where the kids, you know, come up with stuff they want for the thing. And all of them all meshed into uh, those three points. And I would even show them how the expectation they came up went back to my three points. We would all sign it. And the kids would say. Don't do nothing because Mrs. Monroe will point to one of those rules on the wall and tell you how it goes to that. So don't even try to say that's not a rule in here because she will prove it. <laughs> and they say, you know she had English here, her job to teach us persuasion, so you know she know how to persuade. <laughs> so, uh, when it comes to classroom management, teachers really need independence back. They need to be able to figure out what works uh, for them, what ways works best for them to engage students? What gets them to get students to buy in to you know the rules the regulations, the procedures and the policies? I let kids move desks. I have different um desks of configurations. I like kids to move into a group of four. We do trios. A group of three. We do pairs. um, Let's do a U because we're going to do a, a seminar or do a kind of group discussion. Let's do it in half. So one half of the room faces the other half of the room. That would drive some people nuts. <laughs> They're they not move moving the desks. I had teachers. I would coach. They had like the little duct tape. You know those teachers that do not want their roles to be messy. And then, and we also do rows. grows because when I would do Cornell notes, I need all eyes up at the front because I'm not trying to repeat myself a whole bunch of times because the kids hated this. Uh, I'm a minimalist when it comes to PowerPoints. My slides normally have an image and a couple of words. You got to listen to what the heck I'm saying. So you probably need to have your eyes on me because I'm. you're not going gonna to sit here and copy a slide and you're not going to about to pull out your cell phone when I went to the high school uh, level and was coaching and teaching high school English. You're not about to take up your cell phone and take a... Um, picture of the notes you're actually gonna have to listen and write some stuff down um, so the last um the last area i believe is school decisions now at the end of the day i know principal assistant principals they are the leaders of the school so um you know, that's what the, you know, they essentially feel like the buck stops with them. And I get it because if something serious happens, the district's going to come after them. So I understand the need for them to have some decisions that they need to make. However, teachers have input. I mean, you have some teachers that have taught longer than a principal has been a principal and teacher combined. So you have some people that's been, you know, in the field for a while. They've seen, you know. I mean, I have mentor teachers that are older than I am and they will tell you, well, we've done this and then we went to this plan and then we went to that plan and then we went to that plan. And so they have some input about, you know, the kind of uh, the different ties and the different movements that have come through a school or come through a curriculum or things that have worked or things that may not have worked. And so teachers need their independence back and they need to have their voice back to be able to get input on school decisions some schools don't even let teachers pick their own field trips they don't let them organize their own maybe school dances or their own events i mean everything that the teacher will want to do the principal has outlined down to the most basic detail what the teacher has to do so they have no freedom to give a voice or design or direct. And you know in those schools, you know, you'll have those principles like, oh I'm not a micromanager. Oh, I delegated. Well you delegated and then you took it right back and changed it and handed it back and said that was delegation. No, that's not delegation. No, that's not giving input. Or you have a so called leadership team, but it's just like it's just almost like a horse and pony show. Yeah, you have all these different representatives from different departments, different uh, teams, different electives, different specials, um, different places in the building. You may even have some classified staff on there, but then it's like everybody gets input. It seems like the majority of the staff are saying we should go in this direction and then the leaders like, well, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Thanks for your input, but we're going to do it this way. So you kind of feel like, man, why? Why am I even here? And I've been on several. I'm um, actually from the second year of my career. Uh, that that's the first time I was on a leadership team and I've been on several leadership teams and I've been on some that's been great where I truly felt like I had some independence. I had some autonomy. I had a voice I say, hey, let's do this. OK, Shanta, you want to do that? Barnes, take it and run with it and uh, let me know how it goes. I'll check in on you. But you got this. Handle it. I'll show you that to the staff. That looks good. Go do it. And I had other people like, oh, OK, Shanta, uh, you and so and so. So y'all in charge of that. Oh, um, but um, two days. Uh, give me a report of how that goes. Oh, I don't like this and this and this. Take that all out and redo this. And so at the end, whatever product or whatever plan you have, it has no essence of your thoughts, your ideas. And it is just simply the principal's plan. It's like, well, if you just not want to write it and design it yourself, you might as well do it. Why are you going to waste my time, us, me, before school and after school planning stuff? At the end of the day, you didn't want us to do it this way anyway. So when it comes to schools, schools would be better and they would improve. If they let teachers be professionals again, if they let teachers have some independence. Now, there's no job where you're just going to be able to do whatever you want all day, every day. I get that. But the, the way that teaching is going, we're going down a path that I think is scary where we're just thinking that teachers are just robots that we just assign things to and tell how to do everything. And if that's the case, then why why do we even have schools of education in these colleges? If all you're going to do is give me a script and tell me how to write my lesson plan and you don't want my ideas, you don't want my input, then why did I go to college for four years? Why did I sit and take this licensing exam if you don't see me as a professional, if you don't see that I am capable of doing what you're hiring me and what you have paid me to get up and do every day? So my hope. Is that if you're a minister listening, uh, think about which ways you can give your teacher some independence and autonomy back. And if you're a teacher listening, think about which ways you can advocate for yourself. I am a huge advocate for myself and <laughs> some principals like people that advocate for themselves and some principals don't. But I tell any principal, if you are hiring Shante Barnes, you need to know that I do voice my opinion. I And I will tell you. Um, any principal of error with will tell you, I am never nasty. I, um, if it comes to a situation where the principal's like, no, I'm just like, it is what it is. I just move forward. Um, but I do, and I don't voice my opinion all the time because I'm also the person like, do I want to die on that hill today? <laughs> no. Um, I've had a situation where I've had to do things. So I'm like, this is just completely, hmm. but am I going to voice my opinion about that today? No, nah, cause it's not that deep. But if it is something that things that kind of get me riled up to make me say something, I will say or when it comes around my lesson planning, uh, when it comes around how I do things in my space. Uh, those are the things I fight for because if you're dictating to me that I have to do something a certain way, and I know it's not best for the students that I have in front of me, that's when you'll get me advocating. But some of this other stuff, and that's the thing I try to tell teachers you when I coach them or I'm mentoring them, because I mentor quite a few teachers now, even though I'm not a coach, I tell them, I'm like, you have to pick the hill you're going to die on. There's something that's not worth dying on. Something's just going to be like, yeah like I agree with you that's super petty they did that Mm -hmm, I agree so so now you don't vent it to me about it now we gonna move forward and let this go this is not the hill to die on today so (laughs) thanks uh for listening uh to this podcast and I'll catch you next week